Welcome to DBPA, the Drunk Bitches Podcast. I'm Jamie. And I'm Sarah. Each episode, we pair a wine with a topic where you get more lip with each sip. So let's get started. But first, pass the wine, bitch. Hello, hello. Welcome, guys. Hi. How are you doing, Sarah? I'm doing fine. How are you? I'm excited for this wine since it's been so hot and Me this too. wine looks so cool and refreshing. I it, The condensation on the glass has me concerned that it's a little too warm, but let, should we tell everyone what we're doing? Yeah. All right. Let's do it. So we're talking about the Olympics, not just like fun, cool things about the Olympics, although I always like to know the medal count and stuff like that. And now I'm curious if you I watched anything. You, I didn't. Oh, oh. <laughs> I didn't either. I think the U.S. had like the most medals, though. Yeah, like overall. Don't we normally always? No, I don't know. I think I rem- if it's not ice skating, I seriously am like not. I, I remember interested. at some point hearing that we were maybe <laughs> not going to win the medal count, but ah, uh, okay, I digress. So we're we're not talking about medals. What we are going to talk about is some little crazy controversies that have come about. With there's, respect to females, there's a lot of controversy. There's been a lot of Olympic controversies this, this, time, true. this year. This is, I think that we all just needed like a lot to focus on. And so maybe everyone's attention was just, I don't know. We're going to talk about female athletes' outfits. <laughs> it's a such a, it's like such an off thing, but it's definitely interesting. Yeah, not not like who had the, who wore it best or whatever, but that more, would be weird. It would be weird, but more so about like the regulations and the the BS essentially that female athletes have to deal with in terms of what they have to wear. So, to partner with that, we went the Olympic route, so we decided to go with the silver, not for the gold. We decided to go with the silver with a Chardonnay. By Mare Soleil. Yeah. Which is California, right? Yep. It's um, Monterey County. Mm -hmm. We'll kind of get into that. It's an unoaked Chardonnay. It's a 2018. I'm going to pop this or not pop it. It's a screw top. So I couldn't tell at first. Yeah. It's an interesting bottle. It's like kind of a weird shape. It's not a normal shard. No. And there's no label. It's just a clear glass bottle. So is it etched or is it printed on there? It's, I think, printed. I don't know. It's cool looking. It looks refreshing. It almost looks like lemonade. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> or limeade. Yeah, something like that. So, so what I'm really can't wait to try is that this is 14.3 percent ABV, which I think is high, high for a white. Yeah. Um. So you know, we'll see if we can taste that. Oh there you wow. Go. Oh, it's golden. But it's still very light. Mm-hmm. Oh, it smells. Oh. Okay. I don't want to jump jump ahead, but okay. let's cheers, friend. Ah, yes. It's been a while. It has. Ooh. Oh my god, I can almost smell the minerality on this. I, that's what like I the, was thinking. I too. can smell like the It's flinty. Yeah. Like you can smell like the metal and the minerals and like the yes. stone. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which I would am glad I'm not. I have a friend today who told me that he only likes buttery Chardonnays. Ew. As the only white that he likes. I'd say right now. You know this person. I do? Yes. And I was (gasps) like. It better not be who I'm thinking of. It is. I was like, what? I'm so appalled. And his wife was like, I can't. Mm -hmm. All right. Yep. I will say something. You know what's interesting too (laughs) is when you smell it again, it almost smells like, you know how Riesling has that (sighs) diesel smell? Yes. It almost smells like that when you smell it again. Okay, but there's something there's something kind of waxy about it too, like beeswaxy. And then you get you start getting the fruit, when uh, but you just keep smelling a little, it. Yeah. I feel like it's like it's it's like um it's um rind like lemon rind. Oh well, there is a lot. There is a lemon relation to this. I have to tell you. Oh yeah, I was like loving this part. Okay, so. okay all right. Let's taste really quick. This is Chardonnay. So you know what's funny is it tastes. <laughs> Not as light as it looks. True. Um, I can taste that it's a little higher in alcohol for a white. Oh, yeah. But it's it's good. That's a weird aftertaste. Mm-hmm. You getting it? Mm-hmm. It's almost Sauvignon Blanc-ish, but like creamier. Well, but okay, so that's the thing. Like my question is, this is Chardonnay, 
because it actually almost seems like a blend of different wines to me. I yeah. said beeswax, like waxy. Like Sauvignon yeah. is a waxy white varietal. Right. Sauvignon Blanc, I think, does tend to have some of these like earthier more flavors. Earthier yeah. and also like I think more like pith. Right? Yeah. It's not like uh-huh. a fresh fruit. I think that's you what you're getting at the end. It's like that like a uh, little bitter. Like lemon peel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know what I'm gonna do? I am gonna put it's this different. back in the fridge. Okay. Yeah, so it doesn't because it's hot in this house. Yeah. There you go. So the other thing that we should have prepared for next time are those coolers that you put the wine in to keep the wine cool. Ooh, do you want me to do that instead? No. Okay. I'm just telling our audience what Yes. You know, is another Which thing. is crazy because I thought about that before you came here and I still don't have a wine cooler thing, but I was gonna get a bowl and fill it with ice, ice. and water. But Yep. Okay. It's all good. Okay. So let me tell you a little bit about Mare Soleil. Mm-hmm. You know the Wagner family. Yes, I'm, I'm familiar. Okay. So for those of you who don't <laughs> know who the Wagner family is, they are a big winemaking family in California. Several of you probably have drank Miomi, like Miomi. That's still like the first wine that I think you and I drank really together. together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was it's changed, I think, over the years since it's been handed off. And that's Joe. That's that Joe was Joe Wagner. Bell Gloss is Joe Wagner, um, but Chuck Wagner is the dad, and they have other labels like, so Camus is probably their most uh-huh. high-end label. You've probably seen Conundrum, mm-hmm. Red Schooner. We had been, we've done Bonanza. We did it in Napa. We did it in Napa, yep. <laughs> we recorded in our hotel We room. <laughs> did. I don't think we loved that wine. No. No. We had also been drinking some really good wine i think and bonanza is like not one of their best i think bonanza is also a non-vintage if i yes i'm not mistaken yes it was okay so marisolet is one of their brands and it's produced by charlie wagner who's the son of chuck wagner okay marisolet has the reserve chardonnay they have the silver which is what we're drinking unoaked chardonnay and they have a pinot noir it's all grown in Monterey County, California. Mm, nice, cool climate. Yep. And the first Marisole Chardonnay grapes were planted in Monterey County in 1988 because Napa was too hot of a climate for what they wanted for Chardonnay and Pinot mm-hmm. because you'd need that cooler climate. Oh, absolutely. So they drove down to Monterey County and planted grapes there. Um, and specifically in the Santa Lucia Highlands. And that really creates ideal conditions because they have this dramatic weather with the wind and the fog mm-hmm. and all that coming from the Monterey coast. So, and they also have bright sun. So they've got the bright sun, the cooling breezes off the coast, and this leads to longer hang times for the grapes. So they ripen more slowly and they're more complex, they're more dramatic, and they have these intense aromas and flavors, which is what you want for Pinot and Chardonnay. You want a little bit of a cool climate. The cooler climate also helps it retain the acidity level in the grapes. Otherwise, if it's too hot, the acidity level starts going down. Yeah. So this is, yeah. I mean, I'm all for cool climate Chardonnays. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And you're also for unoaked. This is true. So This is true. <laughs> These are fermented in aged in stainless steel and concrete tanks that were imported from Burgundy. That is so interesting to me. Okay. You can taste it. This is this is why I find it so interesting, right? So the stainless steel, people do that so that it retains so much of the bright, fresh fruit flavors and things it's like that. Also when you want a neutral vessel. So yes. you don't want something where you're going to impart flavors from the oak or what other other wood barrel you'd use, mm-hmm. you use stainless steel because it's neutral. Yeah. And I think, like, I love stainless steel for white wines just because, again, I think I love very crisp, very fruity white wines. But the concrete tanks, I think, are so interesting because that you're going to get a little bit mm-hmm. more of the, what's the, I, I feel like that's what we Gravely. got. Like the, yeah, like the flint, the minerality, yeah. like coming off of the concrete yep. tanks. That'd be fucking heavy to import too. Yeah, I don't <laughs> Could know Could you imagine moving those things around? No, I'm not sure. Okay. Definitely a ship. Um, they, they talk about how, there's a nice little video online too. Um, and they talk about how like these vineyards have more of a rustic feel. Like it's the gravel roads. It's not like Napa or Sonoma. You know, mm. it's really like 
like kind of like your family type of vineyard. Doesn't and feel over commercialized. Probably. No, there's no tasting room though. You have to go to Camus Tasting Room oh. to taste the Mirasole wines if you're there. But they also planted. This is why I said the lemons. They planted Lisbon and Meyer Meyer lemons on the property. Uh huh. And they those have thrived, and they feel like there's hints of delicate lemon blossoms that have started gracing the Chardonnay. Ooh! And this carries over from the, the orchards, the lemon orchards. What um, grows together goes together. Exactly. <laughs> they also say that they're farmers there uh, because they really like again they have that more like rustic type of farmer feel. Not that I think I think even in Napa Sonoma they're all farmers, but. It's not as... Uh... What's funny is that as you're describing it, I almost... It takes me back to like when I was in Oregon. I yes. don't know if what you experienced that too because it, it kind of felt like things were off the beaten path a little bit. It was more subdued, more chill, yeah. relaxed. Mm-hmm. And not to say that Napa or Sonoma are not welcoming because I certainly think that they are, but it's... It's, it's a different per, feel. It's totally a different feel. And yeah. some people might not be comfortable with like the big grandiose, mm-hmm. like, you there's know, grandiosity in Napa. Yeah. Oh, not mm-hmm. as much Sonoma, but mm-hmm. definitely in Napa, there's grand, grandiosity there. Yeah. So, and some of it's well deserved, and I love it, you know. But sometimes you want that smaller, like, intimate, the guy, the guy mean, who's pouring the wine has a little grape stain on his hands. Yeah, exactly. Type of thing. Exactly. Um, like when we tasted at Peter Sellers, like we exactly. were tasting on the crush pad. And that, and wine's, like, that wine was great. That's happens. Yeah. I don't know if you mentioned, how much did you pay for this wine? This was $20. Okay. Oh, wow. I, you know what? I don't, I don't think that's a bad price for this wine, no. actually. Um, mm-hmm. I and kind I'm, of thought it would be more, to be honest. I think there was, they have, like I said, they have that other Chardonnay, and I oh, think that's right. more. Um, I'm just looking online how much they're selling it for. So, yeah, it's $18 online, and I think I, I spent about 20 Okay. So their reserve is only 24 and their Pinot is 32 the, so, Still not bad, considering it's from no. California. Right. Um so, yeah, uh, the, one of the things I liked on their website, they said, the moodiness of the Monterey County is expressed in every bottle of Marisolet. There is arguably no better place to make Chardonnay and Pinot Noir, according to them. And that wind is a key ingredient. Do you recall uh, Stringer Cellars also made Santa Lucia Highlands mm-hmm. Chardonnay? And I remember I really liked that too. So yeah. I think that whenever I look for Chardonnay, which – I admit it's not very frequently. However, whenever was, I do... Hey, this was your suggestion. I, so I, I, mean, was, I was surprised. I'm not going to lie. Do you, I, I surprised myself because I was just like, I really want to drink a white wine. <laughs> I was trying... I was, I mean, of course, looking... I was looking at silver oak and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I just really would like a white wine this time. You know, it's been, it's so, been so ungodly hot. hot. Yeah. yeah. But I was going to say, so Santa Lucia Highlands... That is one where I, if I see a Chardonnay from there, I I mean, I think that I'm more inclined to drink it from there and also from Carneros or Los Carneros. Yeah, because that's also a cooler climate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they also, similar to what you described for for um, Monterey, has the fog, has the, the sun that beats down and lifts yeah. the fog in the afternoons. Like that all is just like in Carneros. Mm-hmm. And that's certainly key. And the wind, you know, to kind of help get that fog yep. lifted too. Because otherwise then you get see, like fungus and stuff on the vines. And mm. yeah, we don't... I know some people like that. But no. We don't... This These are not Botrytis yeah. grapes. No. <laughs> or Noble Rock nope. grapes. So, so, yeah, so, yeah. um, can you, wait, I'm sorry, I'm gonna, can you smell it again? Are you getting any banana? No. Oh, I don't know why, but wait, I kind of feel like I'm banana, getting banana. Um, I think you got banana, actually, when we were drinking, Kendall um, Jackson. Oh, that, that, that was banana, not bread. Yeah, that, that, that Chardonnay had gone bad. <laughs> this is a 2018, so, I don't think it's gone bad. Um, it's just a peel. It's not banana banana, but it's just I like just get banana so peel. much minerality still on the nose. It's like smelling wet concrete, right? You know, like wet no, concrete from the rain? Oh, uh-huh. That's what this smells like. Yeah. No, I am with you 100% on it. I am here for it. <laughs> She's here for it. She's not running away. She's no. not running away from the Chardonnay. I, might, I just rhymed. I might have to run away. <laughs> what? I said she's not running away from the Chardonnay. Oh, you did just. 
Okay, I'm the nerd. I'm proud of myself. <laughs> For rhyming? Yeah. We'll make a... I mean, like, that That was totally just off the cuff. <laughs> I'm so proud of just you. Saying. I know. So proud. Yeah, thanks. We could run away from the glass of Chardonnay to go get the bottle from the fridge in we a little bit. We could do that. But, yeah. I mean, I don't know why, but I feel like my glass... You poured a lot, and I feel like it's, it's pretty you well... You know, I think white wine goes down faster. Especially because it's so hot. Okay. Yeah. So we, we will need to refresh our glasses shortly. Yes. Yes. And again, I put it back in the fridge because I think that's... Like, the temperature contributes to what your wine is going to taste Oh, like. I hate so, drinking... Oh, like, like not lo- super cold white wine. Room temp white wine. That was awful. Mm-mm. 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 That sounds snooty and snotty, but listen. Listen, I did it the true. other day. Uh, I had Why? some, well, I had some <laughs> white wine that was open in my fridge. And I was by myself and I was like, I'm just going to pour. I didn't want to open anything new. So I was like, I'm just mm. going to pour myself a little bit of this white. And then I like kind of left it in my glass sitting. Oh, no. For like half an hour. Oh, and if there was only a little bit, the glass isn't going to keep it cold that long. No. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, well, do I put the glass in the fridge? I just drink it. And I was like, I guess I'm just going to sip this. It wasn't. It was disappointing. <laughs> I'm like upset with myself. I can see it. I can <laughs> honestly see it in you. You're just like, I'm like, I can't believe I, I know better. This. I know better. I know better. You know, I just want to say completely off topic, but. Please. I feel like I've gotten to the point in this wine relationship that with you, with wine, that I can no longer drink bad wine. I can no longer, like, (laughs) tolerate it, actually. Like, you know, before, I would open a bottle and I'd feel bad if I didn't like it and I didn't want to drink it. But I still kind of have to muscle through. Exactly. I'm Mm going to drink. Now, I don't care. I'm like, (laughs) not worth it. Life's too short. It's not worth it. See, like, this is like the whole like open the bottle. Is it in February or something? Where they basically say, you know, you always save these really good bottles for like a special occasion. But it's like, oh. why shouldn't you drink the really good bottles I'm with just that because? Too. Not that I've totally adopted it, but if I want to enjoy, just sit and enjoy a glass of wine, I will open something that I would not have Agre- nor I wouldn't have opened maybe two years ago. Agreed. I'm. I know I'm gonna like it. You're and, at that point in your wine relationship. Yes, it's true. It's true. Just saying, it's more serious now. You can't take the bullshit. We're, we've we, we are committed. You're committed. You're not no longer dating. We're no longer dating. <laughs> we're more than dating. You're more than dating. You're we're committed. more than dating. We're not married, but we're more nope. than dating. And like that's it. You're uh, not taking the bullshit. It's true. I, God, yes. Speaking of bullshit. Yeah. Oh, let's get in. Let's Speaking talk of bullshit, about this. let's get into our our hot yeah. topic. Like you said before, the Olympics. There was a lot going on with the Olympics. I. I have to say, yeah. the one thing I thought was just so ironic about the Olympics this year. Yes. Is that it says 2020. Was, isn't it 2021? Um, no, they are technically the 2020 Olympic Olympics held in 2021. Oh, that's right. Okay, fine. So the thing I thought that was pretty ironic is that we had no one watching the Olympics live. And I get that it's in Tokyo, so things yeah. are different there. Yet here we are. <laughs> There's like 65,000 people at the Bucks game. Oh. <laughs> and like how many people were at uh, Lollapalooza? Yes. And no one's at the Olympics. I'm like, no, but oh. that's because they wouldn't let people. I know. But I'm like, here we are. I'm not getting into that conversation. I'm not saying either one is correct, but it was just so like. It was funny. Like yeah, a weird thing. You're weird. You're like, the Olympics are going on and we've got. Like it's a fucking Olympics. The Olympics. The Olympics. And we've got thousands mm-hmm. of people like mosh pitting it over here. Well, I mean, the Bucks haven't won for a really long ass time, right? Yeah, it was febrile that day, so I did not get to enjoy it. Oh no! But that's not what we're here to talk about. That's not what we're here to talk about. We're here yeah. to talk about who wears short shorts, basically, and why do they have to wear short shorts or bikinis or anything? I mean, sorry. <laughs> Not to imply that they should be I mean, they could compete naked, yes. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Okay. People do not compete in the Olympics naked. (laughs) Maybe then more people would watch. Maybe. Maybe. Well, okay. I'm glad glad that you mentioned this because they're all physically fit to actually. Anyway. So. (laughs) Jamie's turning red. There's so much happening right now in my brain. Like. (laughs) It's like darting in different directions. It's like squirrel. No, it's, exactly, exactly. 
Ooh, the squirrel Riesling would be really good. <laughs> oh, I still have that. I need oh, to anyway, on a whole other tangent, they now have the Pinot Grigio of that brand at Ray's. Oh, well, now, I, okay, I need to go. Yeah. <laughs> okay, back. All right, back to it. Okay, sorry. So I will say a few weeks ago, yeah, it was a few weeks ago, maybe by the time we posted this a month ago. Anyway, one of my girlfriends sent out a text message to a, a bunch of us and was like, what the fuck is this? This is ridiculous. And it was about Norway's beach handball team. It was the whole thing about how the beach handball team was boycotting the attire requirements so that they could wear something that they were more comfortable wearing. Apparently, what it comes down to is that the team petitioned the IHF, which is the International Handball Federation, I believe, to wear what they train in, which is shorts. Okay, like biker shorts. Yeah. And still their sports bra. And they were denied the request. So the team themselves were just like, fuck it. We're, we're going to wear them anyway because we are sick of our butt cheeks falling out and like yeah. worried about like slips and stuff like that. So no, we're just going to deal with it. So they got fined 1,500 euros oh, shit. for quote unquote improper clothing. But here's the funny thing. The dudes, same team, same, same country. The dudes wear shorts that are baggier than what these girls were wearing. And it's fine. I don't understand that. First of all, you said a handball? A handball. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what that is. Okay. okay, I actually did see it. I went to the 1996 Olympics. Oh my gosh, you did? In Atlanta. Yeah. I did not know that. I saw, well, I didn't see anything that I wanted to see. I saw rowing. And at the time, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like Rowing? I have a much greater appreciation for it now. Um, I saw handball. I got to see men's basketball, but it was not Team USA. Mm-hmm. Um, and, oh, shoot, maybe volleyball. I can't remember. But at any rate, I, I saw men's handball. It is an aggressive sport. Okay, for some reason, please don't laugh at me. I'm about to Google handball. Um, no, go ahead. For, it's, it looks like a volleyball. For some reason, every time you say handball, I keep thinking of hacky sex. <laughs> It was definitely not hacky sacks. <laughs> All right. So according to the International Handball Fe- – oh, I was right. Handball Federation, mm-hmm. female athletes must wear bikini bottoms with a maximum side width of 10 centimeters or 3.9 inches, a quote-unquote close fit, and, quote, cut on an upward angle toward the top of the leg. I'm sorry. Why? Who fucking wrote that? Yeah, who wrote that? And when? So many things I don't understand. When did that become the rule? Yeah, and then the guys, sorry, the guys' dress code says they can wear shorts that are, quote, unquote, not too baggy in 10 centimeters above the kneecap. So, again, 10 centimeters seems to be, like, one of their just, major things. So they could wear something that's about four inches above the kneecap, but our girls can only wear something that is four underwear. inches thick on the sides. Like, my bathing suit. Like, some, most bathing suits nowadays are thicker than that. I just don't understand. They're not swimming. So what do they need to be in that for? I mean, it's I, just a game. I know. Like, the girls basically said that they knew that they would be fine, but they felt it was completely worth it because they wanted to be as comfortable as possible when they played. Because the bikini bottoms, as I said, ride up. You can oftentimes slip around, especially if you're wearing, like, doing, like, beach handball. Like... Think about like the sand going places too. Ugh. Um, and so, uh, just saying, you yeah. can have wardrobe mishaps. Okay. Uh huh. Like, uh huh. That can totally happen in a bikini. Well, two things for that. One, one of the players actually was quoted as saying, "With those bikinis, we were all the time checking if it's in the right place. We were focusing on other things in the sport, and that's not something we want. I mean, who the fuck? When you're playing a sport, you should be focusing on the sport. Oh, you yeah. shouldn't be worrying about like." Oh, God. Is your boob coming out? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, interestingly enough, I'm going to scroll down in our notes here. Because what you just said, like slips and things like that, that happens. And apparently, the International Olympic Committee instructs broadcasters not to focus unnecessarily on looks like makeup, hair, nails, clothing, or intimate body parts like crotch shots, cleavage, backsides, 
especially if it does not relate to an athlete's performance. Sarah, I ask you, how does any of that shit relate to an athlete's performance? Ever. Ever. Okay, okay. I'm playing the devil's advocate here. So, I guess if you're focusing your camera on someone who's like running or lunging or something. Okay. You could potentially be focusing in the area of the leg slash buttocks. <laughs> it sounded so formal when you said it. <laughs> I was trying to sound professional. Oh, okay. Um, I guess that could be the case, right? Okay. Like if you're, okay. you know, if the sport involved that body part, you would focus in on that via camera. But I guess what, yeah. Okay, I think I see what you're saying. Yeah. So their focus is like, let's say they're running track or something. That's what I'm saying. And they're yeah. leaning forward and their right. butts are up in the air. Exactly. For like to go off. Okay. And so you kind of inadvertently, you have to like focus, have your camera but focus they're saying there. Don't but don't try to get into that body a crotch part. shot. Right. And zoom in. Because I could see as a camera person, you're like, oh, Here's don't you money feel shot. like a creepo with that job? Like, I don't know. I mean, I guess they're used to. I don't know. I, don't know. I just Maybe like they chose that job for that reason. I think I don't put anything past anybody. Okay, so back to Norway. You know, Pink offered to pay the fine. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, like, it's a lot, but it's not. It's not. It's not. No, it's a drop of the bucket for her. Exactly. But, but she oh, that's was like, like five dollars for her. Yeah, please. she's like they need. The, I will pay the fine, but like they should, they should be fine because they're being sexist because they have right. these completely bass backwards regulations. Because yep. like if if male athletes are allowed to wear that, like why can't the same? Why can't any athlete wear that? Just the same. Why can't? Why does it have to be gender specific? Anyway, back in twenty twelve. Volleyball players also had similar scrutiny and regulations. And so they recently made changes for the International Volleyball Federation. So the IVF instead of the IHF decided to retract some of their previous regulations so that people can wear hijabs, long sleeves, and things like that. Which I think helped athletes be able to compete in the games who otherwise were not able to based on their belief system. Okay. Okay. So, but that's not the only one. So then there's Germany. Now, normally I watch gymnastics. Okay. I try to anyway. Yeah. It's been a while, but I try to watch gymnastics or at least stay on top of it. Mm -hmm. They most certainly do. It's crazy. I just can't believe it. I I really cannot believe it. Like, also, I feel like I hurt watching them. The gymnasts? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know when they like land like on That's their stomachs, like on um, the floor. Yeah, but it's a bouncy floor. But you're just I like, just, how I'm... rock hard must you be in order for that to not sting? It it can't not sting. It doesn't matter how rock hard you are. That shit stings. I don't know. Oh. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Okay, the German women's team mm-hmm. for gymnastics opted to wear full length unitards covering their legs entirely instead of the bikini cut bottoms that pretty much everybody else wore well do you see this picture here i'm looking at this picture it looks great i mean that shit's pretty tight though i honestly just seeing i don't think any of it leaves much to the imagination i was just yeah yeah Mm -hmm. i but i don't think that's the point i think the point is that if you wear like the high cut leotards like the bikini bottoms like much like the the handball players you're afraid that shit's going to ride up. Yeah, but I thought that the gymnasts had, like, those tights underneath those leotards. They don't wear tights. No? No. Because, like, ice, ice, ice skaters, skaters do. do. These, they do not. And so this leads me to another question. It's more rhetorical. When you wear tights or nylons and stuff like that, like, your legs become slippery. Okay. Okay. So when you're in gymnastics, like, whether you're... Okay, I guess the um, the bars are, are probably the mm-hmm. bars and the beam are probably the most um, relevant to this. Uh-huh. Wouldn't you find having super slick and slippery legs as a disadvantage on those apparatuses? Because 
then you're like, because if your skin is there, your skin kind of like grips and resists. Yeah, but I would, I would argue that that's the same with these leggings that this girl's wearing. Well, my point is that with these leggings, they're very slippery. So I feel like that would make her job harder. Well, maybe that's why they wore leotards. Is I mean, because it was more functional for skin on whatever apparatus. maybe I, i'm just i'm just yeah i because i wonder too like when they actually when that actually became a thing i think the regulation for this for the international gymnastics federation is that you can wear full or half sleeves and leg coverings are allowed as long as the color matches the leotard okay where do you draw that the line fair but why does it have to match like why can't you have some crazy design? Um, I guess I would say that that's just more like of, you know, a uniformity type thing. Okay. All right. That's what I would argue. Like, just like a school uniform is a certain way, I'm assuming. Also, I don't think they, like a lot of colors is distracting. I mean, I think so too. So they probably just want it to be... For the viewers, the spectators yeah. and the, the judges too. Yeah. But maybe maybe you're onto something because if the IGF, God, we're going through so many letters, but if it's alphabet soup here, but if the IGF says that you can have full or half sleeves and leg coverings if you want, other teams, it's not that they were never allowed to wear them, but that it's just, it is very vastly different from what people are doing and so maybe they were afraid to be ostracized i don't know but apparently but it seems like at least that's allowed versus the handball right you know you have to wear a bikini for no goddamn reason yeah but the thing is i guess for olympics like you have to get your uniform approved a certain amount of time before the Mm. games themselves and so i guess like the german team ended up wearing these unitards at a qualifying event. And so that's when most people saw it. But at that point in time, I think it was still already a little too late or just on the cusp of when they had to submit the uniforms Uh for approval. So although it seemed that other countries and teams were really, really supportive of the German gymnasts uniforms, others didn't do it. Maybe because they didn't want to. Maybe because they didn't have time to kind of change everything up because – I'm sure that they had these uniforms picked out a long ass time ago. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, like, seeing as it's the 2020 Olympics, they probably <laughs> have had it for a while. Ooh, that's a good question, too. <laughs> right? I so. don't know. I guess we'll see in the future if there are more shifts to having the long leg gymnastics uniforms. Yeah. I mean, I like the way this looks. I, I agree. I think you can see things better, too. I don't know. I don't know. That doesn't appall me. I think I'm okay with the gymnasts. Uh huh. I think the whole like bikini handball situation is crazy. Dude, the stark that photo, difference between the men and the women is just like, like, what are we doing? This photo is insane. It's guys. ridiculous. They are not. They're not even wearing underwear. Like, I think crazy. my underwear covers more of me than yeah. these girls are no, covered. It's crazy. They I mean, look amazing. Well, they're all athletes, so they're going to look good. I That's the thing. I'm just like, you are so strong. And it's so unfortunate that, again, you have to focus. You have to take your focus off on, like, the game, the sport, the mm-hmm. your goal mm-hmm. because of this bullshit. Okay. So has the opposite ever happened where, like, someone's been told they're yeah. wearing too little? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I at least know about this one. And she's a Paralympian. I, I believe that she's a long jumper. Okay. Her name is Olivia Breen. Mm-hmm. She was at some championship before the Olympics, but she was at some English championship where an official came up to her after she competed and was like, uh, this is too revealing. You need to go out and get some new shorts. Basically, she was wearing bikini bottoms. Like runners do. Marathoners. I'm sure it makes you quicker. I think that you could make an argument to a lot of different ways, but the what Olivia said, she's like, look, I don't want to be weighed down more than I have to be. So I'm going to wear what I feel comfortable in competing in, but also the lightest weight stuff possible because I don't need to add extra weight when I'm trying to jump as far or when I'm trying to jump. Okay. However, 
what's an extra ounce or half like a quarter of an ounce Jumping of clothing and underwear like all i can think about is wedgie <laughs> all right and like just like what we were saying that these girls in handball don't want to like worry about their shit getting loose like that seems like this is like total opposite like you're running in underwear like okay i'm sorry but how tight is your underwear because it's gonna start falling down and you're gonna get a wedgie i mean unless you like i don't know what kind of super underwear you have but like no super underwear yeah like that it just sticks to you and doesn't move (laughs) does that exist i don't think so exactly again my brain is going in weird places right now (laughs) Jamie's got an imagination. And also, like, you're jumping. You're jumping. You're high jumping in underwear. Like, let's talk about that. I, oh, Jamie, right now, if I told you to high jump and I said you had to do in your underwear. Oh, God. Oh, wait, but do you want to know what I think about? I'm just like, oh, the, the places that the rest of my body would start going if it's not, like, held together by, like, you know, okay, forget, tight pants. Or, forget like, that part. What? Forget that part, right? Because I think all women feel that way. I would be afraid that, like, my boobs are going to fly out or something. Yeah, but we're talking about just the underwear part. You don't think, like, you're going to, you're okay just jumping in your under, like, would Same, you jump no. in a bikini? No. No. You wouldn't. Because you I mean, know what? If I your think... legs spread a little bit and, like, there's a little extra gap somewhere. Exactly. Like, I'm, like, this I'm is sorry, a crotch shot thing. Jumping, I don't understand. Crotch shot. Like, you are definitely going to give the viewers a show there. So, maybe the moral of the story is why can't people choose? Um, why can't each athlete, if everyone is allowed this sort of grace? I honestly understand the point of uniforms. So that people don't technically get an unfair advantage? Yeah. It kind of holds it, it kind of keeps it everyone in the same camp. It holds everyone in the same regard, and there's not. Any discussion, because when you get down to, like, the nitty-gritty of the Olympics, it can go down to, like, a couple seconds. There's not any discussion about, oh, they had an unfair advantage. I get the point of the the, uh, uniforms. I totally do. And so I think that, you know, it makes sense to, to say this is, like, there are certain parameters within that you need to follow. So, so basically, don't leave it open spectrum. No. But don't also be so stringent that you then have these, like, very absurdly... I think it's ridiculous that you're telling women that they have to wear a bikini for a non-swimming sport. Oh, consider. Swimmers don't even wear bikinis. Exactly. Swimmers wear... Full one right. piece suit. There's so there's no reason. That is totally ridiculous. I mean, is it because it's hot that the it beach handball players it, have to wear? It beach volleyball matter. players wear? Like, Is it because it's hot? Is it because it they, like you can wear shorts and a tank top? I agree. What I'm saying is is that but to say like for someone to be like, Oh, well, I'm just gonna wear underwear because I choose to, I also don't think that's okay. Okay. I, I, I feel like and I also think that that's distracting if everyone else is wearing shorts but do you think do you think that it would be like i'm i'm honestly hearkening back to it never like i've ever competed in an actual like race race but do you feel like athletes would feel compelled to wear a specific specific attire just because the majority of the other team or the other competitors are I don't know, but I think that each sport needs to come together and say, okay, what does the majority want and how is that going to, you know. To me, this means they need to talk to the athletes and and, like with anonymity. Yeah, no, they do. But I also like the athletes change, right, from year to year. That's true. But I mean, if you start polling people. You've got to talk to the experts, the people who are training, the coaches. Well, you know, both well, the athletes and the coaches. You could make the argument, though. I'm not. Yeah. A whole other whole podcast for another yes. time. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes the coaches are not uh, yeah. the good people. That is true. Um, but you would hope. Which is why which is why with the German gym, gymnastics team, it really was a positive thing that all of the coaches said, we're behind the, we're behind the girls like 100%. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no question. If they want to compete wearing something different, 
by all means. It's nice that they weren't met with opposition there or, you know, for fear that retribution or retaliation of any sort. Yeah, I don't disagree. I, listen, like I said, I think it's ridiculous that these girls playing handball have to be in bikinis. That's mm-hmm. so dumb. You know, but I, high jumping in underwear, uh, to be honest, seems equally stupid to me. So I don't, I don't know. Like, it's hard because as women, and I'm just going to put this out there. Okay. As women, we want to make the choice on what we're wearing, right? Mm-hmm. But I feel like sometimes we're like, okay, well, you can't tell us. Obviously, you can't tell us to wear something that's too revealing. But we also want to be able to make the choice to wear something that's revealing if we choose to. I think in the Olympics, that's a very tricky thing. And that gets a little, like, hypocritical in a way. I think in general, it's a very tricky thing. It is. Because it's like, oh, well, don't tell me to wear that. But if I want to wear that, I can. And then don't call me a slut. You know, like, yeah, it, mm-hmm. it, it's a little like, hmm, we're, we're kind of in this spot where like. It's a weird fine line. It's and a you're fine just like, line, ah. but like, it, it's hard because, Which you know. are we going to teeter? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. like, if you, if you don't have the choice to not wear what you want, well, then that's not fair. But then if you choose to wear minimal clothing and are called a slut or whatever, well, then. Yeah, so I I don't know. It's a tough thing, but I really do think for the Olympics that it has. I think the I think the uniforms have to be uniform. I just do. I I, I don't know. But I think, I think it's but fair. I, I, I think that I agree with you to some extent, but I also think that there should be some freedom of choice for like, I, and this goes not just like country to country. For instance, I was looking at the photo of the German gymnast, and I'm like. That's great. And like their whole team wanted to wear that and like, fine, you know, more power to you because you're comfortable wearing that. So by all means do. But I wonder if they would allow, and this is begs another question, but if they would allow, let's say not everybody on the team wanted to to wear this this unitard. Mm -hmm. Let's say they wanted to wear the bikini cut version of it. Mm Mm-hmm. Would the Olympic Committee allow that? Like two two different uniforms essentially? I don't know. But if you think about like the NBA – they have certain rules. Like other sports company or whatever have certain rules, right? The NBA has sport like commissions on, you know, what people are wearing. Like pay- players must keep their uniform top- tops tucked into their pants. They mm. can't wear t-shirts underneath. Wait, didn't they used to be able to? I think so, yeah. They also used to wear real short shorts back yes, in like the 70s. Exactly, and that's the other thing. The NBA transitioned from short shorts to baggy long shorts. Mm-hmm. That's another thing that they have. They cannot extend lower than 0.1 inch above the knees. That's a rule. Oh my god! Do they have to get their shorts hemmed if they're so? Wow. The league fined 13 players ten thousand dollars each for wearing long shorts. Wait, wait. Yep. What was the measurement? 0.1 inches above the knee. So they can choose their own shoes. But, so if you think about it, like, it's not just, like, why would It's that, not just, uh-huh. Why would that make a difference? Do you it's think it's going to make a difference? Yeah. It's not. But that's the rules because they want everyone to be on the same playing field. Is like, this like school uniforms? You got to, the skirt's hey, got to be below listen, the fingers? I had that. I know. I know you did. Kneel and put that pop can and does your skirt touch? Put a pop can? Yeah, our skirt... If we knelt down on the floor, which is like perverted on so many levels. I I agree. The skirt Mm -hmm. could not, had to touch a pop can. And if it didn't, then it was too short and we got in trouble. And they could ask you to kneel at any time. Um, Were you asked to bend the knee? Yes. On multiple occasions? On a few occasions, yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. I never experienced the uniform wearing. Um, oh, I wore a uniform for 12 years of my life. And you know, honestly, like high school, it was, it didn't feel, it felt dumb. Um, but till eighth grade, it honestly, I think was really good. Really? Yeah, because it takes away like, you know, kids can be mean to each other. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it takes away that like getting ready for school is easy. There's no like, and then there's no... Oh, your parents buy this and like 
you know, like it really, t- it makes everyone, again, on the same playing field. So applicable no, to school uniforms and Yeah, athletic. I mean, there's no like discrimination in a way, mm-hmm. you know, bullying, because mm-hmm. you're all wearing the same shit. But so then like, they just find something else, right? True, but I mean, I think that really does take a big piece of it out. And it also yeah. like, you know, like there's like, there's the nerdy kids, there's the cool kids, like whatever. But like, you know, I think that that was, sure, you don't have the opportunity to express yourself. Like I know that would be the argument. Right. But I think when you're that young, at least in my experience from being private school kid I had no problem with it I think now looking back in high school it seemed ridiculous at that point yeah yeah but uh you know through eighth grade I feel like it was I imagine it serves a purpose and I mean applicable for the athletes too like it serves a purpose right it's just where's the line drawn because Mm -hmm. it seems that whoever has made these regulations and I, they have certainly evolved. I mean, there are, like, pictures of, like, tennis players. People used to have to wear corsets and, like, full skirts and shit like that. And you're like, how could you even compete in that? So, obviously, things have changed as time has gone on. How do we get to where we are? I know. But you talked about tights. So, going back to the NBA, mm-hmm. tights aren't allowed. Because Kobe Bryant and LeBron oh. James used to wear tights back in, like, 05 and 06. And then the NBA banned tights. Again, I think it's an athletic type of thing. Should we go back to our our wine? Yeah. Gold, silver, or bronze? Oh, shit. You were like, I mean, I think silver is getting a silver in my opinion. I think, yeah. It's not a gold, but it's not. But it's still like. It's still got some. It's super minerally. Yeah. I think there's some flavor that makes this, to me, not seem like a fully unoaked. I know it's fully unoaked, but. Makes it seem less typical. I agree. But I also think that we, and just hear this out here, we're so not used to drinking Chardonnays lately. That's true. That I kind of feel like at least my palate forgets what a Chardonnay tastes like sometimes. Ew. There's a part of me that's like, do we need to do a Chardonnay taste? This is your idea. <laughs> but I just going to say, like, you know, you Stringer Sellers has an excellent Chardonnay. Yeah. Um, I do, But I just think what you're tasting is the actual grape that you're just not used to. And I have just been so sc- screwed up by bad shards. Not yeah. even, I'm sorry, I, I shouldn't think... say this. Not bad shards, just oaked shards. And I okay, do not have a palate don't, that appreciates listen, don't it. Don't feel bad. There's some really bad Chardonnay out there. True. Usually if a white wine's mess, if like the easiest wine to be bad, white wine is a Chardonnay. Well, but I think that a lot of, I mean, this goes down a total rabbit hole, but I think that a lot of pe- people, if they don't like the way the grapes are tasting, they just throw a bunch of oak on it. True. Which can, and I, maybe it masks it, then... but it's like, I don't think that it masks it in a good way. And like, you, you have, got bad grapes, you got bad grapes. Then you have people like my friend who like all the butter and the oak, and they just... Oh, my dear God. I, after we stop recording, I am going to confirm that this is the person yeah. who I think so, it is. So... All I'm saying is, like... And, like, I actually like a Kendall Jackson Chardonnay once in a while. Mm-hmm. It's been a long time. But, like, if I am sitting at a restaurant and they don't... You know, sometimes you go to places... And the wine options are low. <laughs> They're limited. Yep. You know? Uh-huh. And you're like, God damn it. And you That see, happened when I went to dinner the other night. And you see a Kendall. Like, if I'm, like, in a pl- situation like that and I see a Kendall Jackson Chardonnay, I'm like, I'm going to go for I'm it. I'm going to go for that. Okay. Because I know it's going to be You know what not, to expect. I know what to expect. I know it's not excellent. But I know it's going to be like. Yeah. It will be what you want it to be. At that time. Yes. At that time. And I know it won't be awful. Like, when you're in places like that, sometimes you like, let me uh, branch out. And then you're like, oh, God, why? Why did I do that? Why? Yeah. There's certain places you branch out, and there's certain wine lists you don't branch out. Well, what's funny to me, I have seen Marisolet so many times. I have never had Marisolet. I haven't either. And I'm like, why? Like, why has it taken so long? I just don't know. And I will say that I will probably have it again. I think that there are characteristics in this wine that make it 
an unusual Chardonnay for me. Mm-hmm. And so it like doesn't fall in either like I love it or I hate it category. It's silver. Exactly. It's silver. It is Middle silver. Of the road. I think this is decent. Yeah. I do too. I am very captivated. It's one of those things where I just want my nose to continue to be in the glass because I'm very captivated I by agree. this whole I like, think minerality. the aroma is just like so interesting, honestly. Mm-hmm. I like smelling this wine a lot. But I do agree with you. I think that it is is a Chardonnay, but it is almost like a mix of Semillon, Sauvignon Blanc, and Riesling even. But it has like very lemony characteristics. Well, there's those lemon trees. Right. And it also, I mean, but it also has like these like, this like beeswaxy type Maybe floral. I think that's Chardonnay, though. White I, blossom. I do. I don't I think know. That's the I grape. don't think. You know I don't think Chardonnay has a waxy. I th- but I think that waxiness is that creaminess that Chardonnay has. I mean, that's from like malolactic fermentation, and like, but I, I don't know. I always think Chardonnay is a little creamier than other we, whites, regardless of malolactic mm. fermentation. I do. I think it's always. This is creamier than a Sauvignon Blanc. It's creamier than a Pinot Gris. It's creamier than a Riesling. You know, I just bought three bottles of a Los Carnero Chardonnay. So I'm I'm going to have to pop three, one you open You bought soon. three bottles of a Chardonnay? Wait. It's because I it's one of my wine memberships and okay. they were having a, a sale. Okay. And I was like, oh, I like this Chardonnay. Like I'm okay. going to order just, a few they, because wow. I only get like one in a shipment and it's once a year that okay. there's a Chardonnay. And I'm like, I'm just going to get a few because I know that I like this one. Well, so going back real quick to these concrete tanks. Oh, yeah. They're unlined, so they allow the wine to breathe through a small amount of oxygen contact. Maybe. And this enhances the distinct minerality, a quality that adds dimension to its lively freshness. I agree with that. But I, I'm wondering now if maybe it's a sli- because it's slightly oxidized that it gets more of that slightly waxy, creamy, whatever and maybe that's why it's not as crisp as I'm sort of expecting it. I don't know. Potentially. I don't know. I always think Chardonnay is a little creamy. I, I, I swear. We'll, we'll do. We need to do it. We need to do side by side. We'll do side by side. Okay. We'll do it. We'll make it happen. Okay. All right. Thanks for chatting about this. I think this is such an interesting topic. Yeah. It, it really is. And it's been a while since we had Chardonnay together. So I know. What's next? Riesling? Yeah, or you know what? I hate to say it. Oh. Maybe rosé. We haven't done rosé in a while. Wait, I was the same thing. <laughs> All right, we'll need to see what we have mm-hmm. on the topics, and we will get cracking with ideas. Sounds good. All right. All right, till next time. Cheers. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform to help spread the DBP word. Check out our website and blog at dbpcheers.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at DBP Cheers or on the Drunk Bitches Podcast Facebook page. We'd love to hear from you. So send your questions, comments, and fun wine or topic ideas to dbpcheers at gmail.com. Until next time. Cheers Cheers from from the the girls of DBP. DBP.